Today on Focal Point with Pastor Mike Fabares. Get used to hearing and heeding no. Get used to it. In the Christian life, it's what the Christian life is all about. As long as we live in a sinful world encapsulated in a sinful body, the Bible says that we need to learn to say no to ourselves. One of the most difficult aspects of living a pure life is staying away from sexual temptation. Sex is literally everywhere, in our advertising, in the shows and movies we watch, and in the lyrics to popular music. And today on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares is addressing this troublesome topic with a deep dive into the story of Amnon and Tamar. This disturbing passage involves rape and is not recommended for young or sensitive listeners. Well, here's Pastor Mike picking up our message in 2 Samuel chapter 13. Now Amnon had a friend named Jonadab. That's it, underline it. Doesn't sound too uh, dramatic, but it is the turning point of the passage. Amnon had a friend named Jonadab. He was the son of uh, Shemiah, David's brother. So he's a cousin. But he's a cousin that he likes to hang out with. He's a cousin that is a friend, a buddy. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man. Literally, in the Hebrew, it says he's a very wise man. But like the rabbis used to say, he's not wise and good, he's wise and evil in this case, as we'll see. He asks Amnon, and here's a phrase I'd like you to circle. He says, why do you, note this phrase, the king's son looks so haggard morning after morning. What's the implication here? Come on, let me look at you. You're the prince. You're the heir apparent of the kingdom. I mean, you should have whatever you want. What is your problem? You look so deprived, so down. What are you not getting that you should get? Perhaps he's vying for a position in the kingdom with someone he's got some influence with, but he says, what's the problem? Won't you tell me? Amnon said, I'm, uh, you know, I, okay. It's just, it's my sister, Tamar. Wow. And he explains his enamored, lustful, quote-unquote, love with Tamar, Absalom's sister. Without hesitation, and we don't know how long there was between verse 4 and verse 5, but in this conversation, Jonadab, the very shrewd, wise man, says, I know a way you can get a little closer to her. Here's a plan. Let me, let me see. This would work. Why don't you go to bed and you pretend to be ill? Pretend to be sick, and eventually I know your dad's going to ask about what your problem is, and, and when your dad does ask that, say to David, say, well, I'd like my sister Tamar to come and, and give me something to eat. And ask, ask your dad to have Tamar come and prepare some food in, in, in your sight, and, and that you can watch her and, and you can eat from her hand. Say that would be real comforting at this point of your illness, and, and that would be a plan, and that would get you maybe alone with Tamar. All right, I got to go. I'm heading off to work, but, uh, you know, have a great day. We'll see you later, Amnon. Bye. Now Amnon is left not only with illicit thoughts, but he's left with advice from somebody who's leading him into foolish, devastating behavior. His buddy is a fool. Oh, he may be wise, quote unquote, in evil but he's foolish. You know, the problem with 
Jonadab is not just that he's a fool. The real problem is that Amnon was foolish enough to befriend him. The problem is that Amnon was foolish enough to listen to him. I suppose if I could step into the historical narrative and say something to Amnon, I would say, no, don't listen to Jonadab. He's an idiot. Don't listen to him. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't even be his friend. A guy like that who thinks you should have all your desires fulfilled, who's going to try to help you in your illicit thinking, ah, kick him out. He's not going to be your friend. Distance yourself from him. Stop listening to fools. If there's something that needs to be said in a culture like ours filled with Jonadabs, it's that I say to you that Jonadabs are completely unhelpful. And you and I need to stop listening to fools. Are there fools in our culture? Can you think of some things that help us as a culture think about sex out of context? Oh my goodness. I uh, looked up the Billboard's top 200 songs that are being played on radio stations across our country. I focused in on the top 15 and then I went to a website called lyrics.astroweb.com where you can look up lyrics to just about any song that's out. And I started looking up the top 15 lyrics that are being broadcast every day, every hour, in every city across our country. And I just started reading them. Songs that I had heard at the mall when I went to the mall. Songs I had heard that warmed up a particular event that uh, I, I went to. And I heard those songs and I saw those titles and I read those lyrics and I was embarrassed. Because lyric after lyric after lyric helped in thinking about sex out of context. And if I seem harsh on this point, it's because I've learned in my life there's just no room for the Jonadab called secular pop music. There's no room for that. Because it's not helpful. Because it doesn't help me to think about sex in context. All it does is try to get me to think about sex out of context. And yet some of you parents, you listen to this as background music in your car, but your kids memorize every word and you don't seem to care much. You don't want your 15-year-old coming home pregnant, but you know what they listen to? It's just bubblegum music anyway, right? You want to pick on movies for a while? Top 15 movies out in the box office today. Top 15. Look this up. Out of the top 15 movies that are in your newspapers today so that you can go see this afternoon, 12 of them were described by the American Motion Picture Association as either containing sensual nudity or mild to strong sexual content. 12 out of 15. Is that Jonadab? I think so. Oh, I can look past that. I mean, you know, a couple bare-breasted women, it doesn't really affect me too much. Can I talk about TV a little bit? The FCC is the governing arm that tries to keep indecency out of your living room. They're committed to that. Here's their standard, their legal standard. I looked it up this week to see what they use as a standard to keep out the junk from my living room. FCC defines indecency as follows. Language or material that, in context, depicts or describes sexuality in terms, here you go, patently offensive as measured by, I'm on the edge of my seat, as, as measured by, we've gotta have a standard, ready? Contemporary community standards. 
Well, that's helpful, right? <laughs> Contemporary community standards? I mean, that's why a guy like Howard Stern can get on CBS on Channel 2, and we can say that's not indecent. Doesn't matter. Well, of course it doesn't matter if the gauge is, you know, community, contemporary community standards. I mean, we wouldn't want to go back anywhere to the 50s or anything now, would we? My goodness. What am I saying to you? Again, simplicity says, fine, no music, huh, no movies, huh, no TV, fine, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you certainly need to be more discerning. We certainly need to evaluate whether or not what I'm inviting into my living room tonight is a Jonadab wrapped in my favorite actor or in some interesting plot. I've got to know. Am I inviting Jonadab into my life to where my teenage kids sit on the couch and are hearing people invite them to think about sex out of context? Stop listening to fools. Our culture is full of them. And I know what you're saying. Oh, fantastic. The movie's great. Well, you know, all, I'm left to watch Toy Story, and that's about it, right? I, I got no choices at the movies. What a boring, I can't, you know, add, what an awful way to live. You know what my response is to that? Tough. Go watch Toy Story again. You know what I'm saying? Too bad. That's the way it's going to have to be. Because as A.W. Tozer puts it, and he says it so well, here's his words. He says, I guess it's be, it will be obvious that we need to defer most of our enjoyments to a more appropriate time. Do you understand that's the reality of the Christian life? We live in a cruddy world. Have you noticed that? Full of Jonadabs. And when it comes to the movies, I just can't pick the latest, greatest movie that's been given a couple thumbs up by a couple of guys on TV. I've got to say, I don't want Jonadab trying to capitalize on any illegal thought in my mind. Forget it. Oh, and music on the radio? Oh, I guess I don't have a lot of choice. Bummer, shucks. TV, man, I'm going to have to really pare down what I'm going to have to watch on TV because I just can't open up that box and allow Jonadab to sit in my recliner. I'm sorry, but you know what? A, a thousand years from now, it'll be a whole different story. Every station on your radio will be righteous. Every movie in the theater will be just fine for you to go see. Everything on TV will be great because that is the place where righteousness dwells, but we're not there yet, so don't put your guard down and don't relax because Jonadabs abound. And they will take your thoughts if you give them half a chance and lead you to move closer to sexual disaster. Don't let it happen. And don't think you're exempt. I have people, I have some people after last service say, oh, we're so old, none of this applies to us. <laughs> You know what my response to that was? I said, more adultery takes place in our society in people over 65. That's a fact. Did you know that? I mean, go to Leisure World and, and give a little Bible study <laughs> on adultery, and you'll see a lot of blushing old ladies. Because it's happening, and it's rampant, and sex out of context is not an exemption that you get just because you've had your 40th wedding anniversary. Don't be naive. The Bible says to him who thinks he stands, better take heed lest he fall. So don't think you're exempt. All you got to do is think illegally and allow Jonadab a few minutes in your home, in your car, in your theater, and you're going to have trouble.
especially if it's coupled with what comes next. A guy who can't listen to know. Look at it, verse 6. Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. Oh, that's a good idea. Thanks, Jonadab. King came to see him. What's the problem, Amnon? Oh, I'm so sick, Dad. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Tamar could come make me some special bread. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That would help, I guess. Taste the sark. All right, whatever. Yeah, that'll help. I'll, I'll give her a call. So Tamar was uh, summoned by her dad at the palace. She says, hey, Tamar, you know, uh, Amnon's really sick. Well, why don't you go down there and... Uh, Fix him some food. He just said that'd make him feel better. Verse 8. Tamar says, sure, sure, Dad. Whatever. That can help. She goes down to the house of her brother Amnon. He was lying down. Oh, good to see you, Tamar. I'm so sick. I just feel so bad. She took some dough. She needed it. Made it. Made the bread in his sight. Baked it. She took the pan in to serve him the bread. And he said, no, I just, I can't. I just, oh, all these people. Oh, send these people out. It's just, just, I, just too much confusion in here. So it says, bottom of verse 9, he sent everybody out. No one was left but him and his half-sister. And Amnon said to Tamar, just, bring, just let's go back in the bedroom. I got to lay down. Just, you could come sit here. Just feed, feed it to me, would you? Tamar took the bread she'd prepared, brought it into her brother Amnon's bedroom. And when she took it to give it to him to eat it, he grabbed her. He said, fine, come to bed with me. Verse 12 is critical. In the Hebrew text, there are four clauses that all include a little Hebrew word, lo. Lo in Hebrew sounds like its English equivalent. It is the word no. And Tamar says, no, don't. Translate it in NIV. Don't, my brother. She says it again, don't force me. She's pointing out two things here. You're my brother, that's incest. That's against the Levitical law. It's against the law of Moses. Don't force me, that's rape. And by the way, in a room in a crowd this size, some of you perhaps have been raped. You need to understand that the law of God is much more severe on rapists than our culture. And I'm sorry if you have felt slighted by our judicial system. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that the rapist, and here's how the Lord puts it, is equivalent to the murderer. As a matter of fact, the penalty for rape in the Old Testament is execution by the state. The state is supposed to execute rapists. And again, I apologize to those of you that have been abused sexually in that way. Because our society may wink at it in the, you know, in, in, in the name of, of, of kindness or humanity or whatever. But in reality, what has happened to you makes God extremely angry. So angry that he says that he demands the life of the perpetrator. And she knows this and she says, don't, don't. I mean, you're my brother. My goodness, don't force me, that's rape, no. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Look at you, you're part of God's people, no. And lastly, she says it couldn't be said any better. Don't do this wicked thing. She says, she appeals to herself in her case, what about me? Where could I get rid of my disgraced, a raped daughter of the king? What about you? You'd be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. And then she says this, I don't know if she believed if it would happen or not. I don't know what her thinking is here, but she uh, appeals to one more thing. Perhaps he'll stop. Please speak to the king, she says. He won't keep you from being married to you. Look at the integrity of this gal. 
I mean, she's thinking perhaps maybe dad in some special dispensation will allow the, the son of the king to, to marry the daughter of the king. I don't know, but we got to have sex in context. We cannot have sex out of context. But, verse 14, he, underscored refused to listen to her. That's the whole problem here. She says, no, 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 no. And he doesn't take no. He doesn't take no for an answer. And the text says, because he was stronger than she, he raped her. You know, the problem with illicit thoughts and Jonah dabs whispering in your ear is that you are sexual disaster waiting to happen if you don't have self-discipline. That's what it is to hear and to heed no. And unfortunately, in our pampered Western Christian lives, we have a problem in being undisciplined people. And because we're undisciplined, many of us have not been conditioned to take no for an answer. And I'm not just talking about the heat of a passionate sexual encounter. I'm talking about the kind of no's that we must give to ourselves to bridle our passions and our desires so that whatever they are, they are done legally and biblically, morally. I put it this way on your outline to finish your outline up if you're taking notes. Number three, get used to hearing and heeding no. Get used to it. In the Christian life, it's what the Christian life is all about. As long as we live in a sinful world encapsulated in a sinful body, the Bible says that we need to learn to say no to ourselves all the time. Jesus popped on the scene, said, if anyone would come after me, let him, what? You know the words, two words, deny himself. Deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. First thing on the agenda, deny yourself. That's not just a one-time event. That is the regular pattern of the Christian life because God knows that my body and this culture will try to provoke me to think and do things that I'm supposed to say no to. And I love the way Titus 2 puts it. Paul wrote to Titus and he said, the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to ungodly passions and desires. The Christian life is all about me saying no to myself and saying it regularly, and being so conditioned in it so that when I hear no, I listen, and I can stop and bridle in my desires. And it starts with simple things. Like at night when I feel like I need to go to bed and I'm so exhausted, perhaps I've got more that I need to do on my agenda today because God wants me to get it done. I say no to myself. No, you stay up. Perhaps it's in the morning when the alarm goes off and I just don't want to get up right now. My body says, no, stay here. It's me saying perhaps to myself in that setting, no, you're getting up. It's time to get up. Perhaps when it's reaching for that second piece, a big gigantic Marie Callender pie, right? And saying, man, my gut's going, get that. Get it now before someone else does. Go. <laughs> it's telling myself, no. That pattern of conditioning in the Christian life may sound real basic and like a totally unrelated spiritual issue, but it is very much related. Because when I'm used to saying no to myself, then when illicit thoughts and foolish counsel waft into my ears, even then I can prevent the sin because I'm conditioned to say no to my desires. Brian Gumbel and Al Roker were discussing a poll that took place in uh, Golf Magazine. <laughs> The poll asked the readers, would you rather give up golf or sex? 
Al Roker says to uh, Brian Gumbel, well, what about you? Of course, uh, Brian Gumbel is an avid golfer. He is a uh, member of like four country clubs and Sometimes plays 54 holes of golf on the weekend, avid golfer. Without hesitation, says to Al Roker on the show, says, uh, without any hesitation, he said, I'd much rather give up sex. Al Roker, of course, you know, the faces he made, whoa, whoa. You know, all surprised, really? And Brian Gumbelt leaned forward and he said to Al Roker, he said, uh, perhaps you've never had a good round of golf. <laughs> you know, God is going to ask you to give something up. Praise God, it's not sex for golf, right? He just wants you to give up a variety of sex, a sex that lies outside of God's parameters, a sex that comes in your time based on your desires, a sex that is put appropriately in the right place. And God says, if you'll give up all other kinds of sex, I'll give you something a whole lot better than golf as a substitute. He says, you know what I'll give you back? I'll give you a clear conscience. I'll give you something called purity. I'll give you something called integrity. I'll save you from these things that we refer to sometimes as scars, guilt, pain. Perhaps even if you're willing to give up illicit thoughts of sex and Jonadab counsel and undisciplined fulfillment of your desires, perhaps I can save your life. More on that next time. But it ends up costing Amnon everything. And by God's grace, the message this morning for you is you've got to recognize there's no price that we can pay in terms of discipline and self-sacrifice that will ever be too much for what we get in return. Because what we get in return far outweighs it all. Let us be careful. Let us be disciplined. Let us be sure never to contemplate sex out of context. A strong warning today from our Bible teacher, Pastor Mike Fabares. You're listening to Focal Point and a message called How to Keep from Ruining Your Life. For more teaching from Pastor Mike or to share this message with a friend, visit focalpointradio.org. You can also download the Focal Point mobile app and listen on the go. We are so grateful for those of you in our listening audience who give to support this Bible teaching program so that we never have to put Pastor Mike's messages behind a paywall. Here's a recent comment we received from Lorraine, who listens to Focal Point in Mississippi. She said, Thank you so very much for your incredible ministry. I found you during COVID and have been so challenged, encouraged, more focused, and convicted by your ministry. Thank you to all that keep this ministry going. Happy 2023. Well, if you've been strengthened and equipped through this program, will you partner with us to reach even more people this year? You can join the mission right now by calling us at 888-320-5885 or donate online at focalpointradio.org. To say thanks for your support today, we'd like to send you a book written by Pastor Mike called Lifelines for Tough Times. If you've ever wondered why God allows suffering, or if He even cares at all, I think you'll be encouraged and strengthened through the stories, personal experiences, and biblical teaching Mike shares in this book. Just call 888-320-5885. That's 888-320-5885. Or go to focalpointradio.org. 
If you prefer sending your donation by mail, write to Focal Point, Post Office Box 2850, Laguna Hills, California, 92654. And by the way, if you've never let us know you're listening before, today's a great day to connect. When you do, we're going to send you a special gift, a CD message from Pastor Mike's Lifelines for Tough Times series. It's called God's Presence and Help When You Hurt. Request your free CD when you call 888-320-5885 or find it online at focalpointradio.org. Well, I'm Dave Drewy, inviting you to join us again Wednesday when we'll discuss tactics for fighting temptation. That's coming up right here on Focal Point. Hey there, Pastor Mike here. We're almost out of time, but before we go, I want to personally invite you to contact us here. Let us know how we can be praying for you. Head on over to focalpointradio.org and click the contact page or send me a note on Facebook, facebook.com slash pastormike or twitter.com slash pastormike. Can't wait to hear from you. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.